Selective Dissonance is interested in helping you experience horror from a different perspective. Looking at horror through the societal lens of marginalized communities, we hope to give you original scares birthed from everyday experiences that may be sources of fear for individuals within those communities. The moments where one passing interaction with a neighbor or seemingly innocuous camping trip can change your life insurmountably. The stories you will hear are all fiction, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a version of this anxiety and trepidation plaguing someone's stream of consciousness at this very moment. Are you ready? Let's begin. I look in the mirror every day and don't like what I see. I don't have acne or pimples or anything like that. I just hate everything about how I look. The long hair that my mom refuses to let me cut, always getting in the way. I've tried bangs, bobs, braids, but it never feels right. And there's the clothes I have to wear. My school uniform's frumpy gray skirt that hangs past my knees in itchy white tights. On special occasions, Mom makes me wear uncomfortable dresses and heels I can barely walk in. Even the way I stand out is so out of place and awkward, like I don't even know what I'm pretending to be. I look in the mirror every day and don't like what I see. I don't have acne or pimples or anything like that. I just hate everything about how I look. The long hair that my mom refuses to let me cut, always getting in the way. I've tried bangs, bobs, braids, but it never feels right. Then there's the clothes I have to wear. My school uniform's frumpy gray skirt that hangs past my knees in itchy white tights. On special occasions, Mom makes me wear uncomfortable dresses and heels I can barely walk in. Even the way I stand is so out of place and awkward. Like, I don't even know what I'm pretending to be. <sighs> Maybe one day, my reflection will match how I really feel. <sighs> Once again, I look in the mirror and don't like what I see. But I'm beginning to realize it isn't me that I dislike. It's whoever is staring back. It isn't me, that's for sure. I'm looking at someone else, trying desperately to lead a different life. That girl in the mirror is a complete stranger. It's time I stop trying to live up to my reflection. The next time I look in the mirror, I, I want, want to, to see, see myself. myself. The mirror is starting to show something I like. I just took the plunge and cut my hair. Now that I really look at it, it's a real mess, but I like the length. I'll get a barber to tidy it up tomorrow. Mom, Mom will be furious. But there's nothing she can do about it now. Now that I've left school, I can finally throw out that god-awful uniform and dress however I want. I've already swapped my heels for boots, skirts for pants, blouses for jackets, bras for binders. It feels so freeing. The girl in the mirror looks less like a girl now. A little less awkward, a little more like me. But, but there's, there's something, something I still, I don't, still like about her. don't like about her. I left home a year ago. Mom gave me the mirror as a parting gift, as if I couldn't just buy a new one. But it's weird. I felt like I couldn't throw it out. So here I am looking into the same old mirror even now. College wasn't the fresh start I imagined. I'm still discovering who I am and dealing with people who won't accept that. But my new friends are amazing. They don't expect me to be anything other than myself. This is the first time in my life I felt so validated. I can't help but grin whenever I look in the mirror. I no longer see that awkward teenager staring back at me with that sad, lost look. Now I see... Wait. That's still not me. Of course I am you. You look like me, but I... I'm better. No, you're not. You're nothing like me. Exactly. You seem happy now, but how long do you expect that to last for? You haven't told her yet. Imagine what she'll say when she sees you. I'll explain it to her. I just need time. I'll explain it to her. I just need time. She had plans for us, you know. She wants us to settle down soon, marry a nice young career man. 
buy a house, buy a give house, her grandchildren. Give her grandchildren. <sighs> I know, but I can't do that. I have to live my life for me. I can't be you anymore. Oh, I know. I never would have expected you to do that. So, so let me be let you. Let me be you. What? What do you mean? Come closer. Take my hand. No. Tell me what that's supposed to do first. Think of it as a simple trait. You've spent all your spent all your life pretending to be me, all to please your mother. It must have been so taxing. It was. It is. Then I'm sure you can imagine how I must feel, cooped up behind this dusty old mirror, watching you through the fingerprint smudged glass while you stare at me with that utterly miserable look on your face. I can't stand it anymore. Watching you flub around, mincing your words, failing to meet mother's expectations on the most basic of levels, knowing I can do so much better. Think about it, Jamie. I deserve to be in your place. I can give Mother everything she wants. Take all of that pressure off of your feeble little shoulders. You don't need to worry about disappointing your family. You don't need to worry about fitting in or how society will view you. There will be no hardships ahead for you if you take this path. I can be the perfect daughter your mother raised. What? And give up my life? My freedom? No way. I've worked so hard to be who I am today. I'm finally starting to like myself. I'm starting to like what I see in the mirror. Yet every, every time, time you look in the mirror, the mirrors, you, you see me. me. And, and you, you know I can be everything you're expected, expected to be. Now, don't, don't be shy. shy. All you need to do is touch your hands touch your I'll do all the hard work. <laughs> no. I used to hate when I looked at myself in the mirror. I didn't like what I saw. Now that I have started to love myself, I can't see myself there at all. Every polished window I pass, every time I look at a spoon or into a pond or a sleeping phone screen, I don't see myself smiling back. I only see it. It looks just like me, but it's something worse. A malevolent spirit with dark red eyes and a wide mouth smirking right at me, waiting for me to slip up. But I can't let that happen. I can't get trapped behind that glass prison. I spent too much of my life pretending, and I won't spend the rest of it watching someone else live my life by someone else's standards. <laughs> my boyfriend has always loved the color yellow. He says it reminds him of sunshine. He talks about Van Gogh eating yellow paint to feel happy inside. He says he dreams of canaries singing in the spring, their yellow feathers flashing against the green, or picking dandelions to keep in a vase on the counter. He talks about getting married in yellow suits in a chapel of stained glass and lantern light, or he talks about painting our entire apartment buttercup yellow. After begging me for months, I surprised him with it. What can I say? I love John. I love how much he loves yellow. Even though I secretly think it might be the ugliest color I've ever seen. We wake up every morning, make tea, have a breakfast, eggs and bagels, then get dressed and go to work. Today is my sixth year anniversary at the law firm. The higher ups have been hinting that I might make partners soon. And my dear John has the day off. He doesn't know that tonight, after we go to our favorite restaurant to celebrate me making partner, that I'm going to ask him to marry me. I made reservations at the table we sat at for our first remarkable blind date. He even put out yellow daffodils for us. After today, I, no we, we will have our perfect life.
John fixed my tie, teasing me that I always tie it crooked. I swear, you can't tie this, Eddie. You always leave it crooked. I shined my shoes, chatting about dinner plans before John went to get ready for the day, and stepped out the door. The door clicked and the lock slid into place and I walked to the elevator. I loved that our apartment had doors that locked automatically and a private elevator. Then I realized I didn't have my phone. I sighed and turned back to my door. Or well, more accurately, I turned to a blank wall where my door should be. I swung around and the elevator doors were gone. The doors. I let my fingers brush against the wall. The doors were gone. The doors were gone. That was probably two days ago. I wonder how John is. I wonder if I'm being looked for yet. I think it's been a week. I haven't eaten in a week or drank anything. How long will I be here? Why can't I seem to sleep? I was so excited back then. So in love. I wonder how long they looked for me. I wonder how long John looked for me. Sometimes I swear I can see the door coming back through the walls. It's been almost a year, I think. Sometimes I worry I made everything before this up. How much longer can I take this? I don't know how long I've spent scratching doors into walls, but they don't stay. The scratches disappear as soon as I blink. I can feel the skin wear away slowly until I can't keep going. You would think after this many years, I would be used to watching the bones heal over. Before I dig my skin and nails into the stiff, hollow drywall for that thousandth time. The millionth time? The billionth? How many more years can I do this? Every day I wake up just a little weaker. The skin on my hands is so papery. I can see the wrinkles on my face and my tie clip. How are my clothes as pristine as the day I came here? I think the end is close now. I shake too much to stand now. Sometimes I swear I can see lights from inside the elevator. I wonder if John even remembers me. I wonder if John was even real. Was I even real? <coughs> I woke up on my living room floor. My shoes were shining. My tie was fixed and clipped. I was just inside the door. Behind me was a stained, etched door leading to an empty hallway. John painted our apartment Buttercup Yellow after begging me for months. I love how much John loves yellow. I love John. I love how he picked dandelions and put them on a vase in the counter. I love how he told me that Van Gogh ate yellow paint to feel happy inside. John talked about canaries in the spring so much, and I love that their yellow reminded him of sunshine. John has always loved the color yellow. John has always liked, no, loved the color yellow. So when a tiny whimper fell from my lips as I adjusted my tie clip, and stepped forward into the powder blue apartment. I was not surprised.
a single tear fell as I heard the shower turn off, and a voice that was not John's call out to me and ask if I forgot my phone. Eddie, babe, did you forget your phone? Listen, the only reason I'm doing this stupid streaming vlog thing is because I have literally nothing else to do with my time. I've been sitting in this trashy trailer doing nothing for about a month now. I'm not entirely sure about dates because time has become impossible to discern. Also, it's not like I'm willingly sitting on my ass doing nothing. Granted, I've been secretly wishing I could have a solid month to do nothing for years now because working to survive and doing nothing outside of work is going to make me off myself. But this isn't what I had in mind. I get that everyone around the world is getting laid off for safety reasons, but the lack of structure since I'm not in school anymore is making my mind melt. Anyways, I'm doing this so that I can give myself some kind of structure because I have no idea how long it'll be until I'm recalled, if I get recalled. We'll see if I keep it up. So, I shaved my head. Just now. Honestly, I can't stop touching it. Speaking of, um, I've spent the last week trying to really get into meditation because I remember how much I loved doing it in my movement class and I have nothing else better to do than rewatch the same comfort show for the millionth time. So, I set up a space in the extra bedroom where I set up a speaker for rain sounds and music or guided meditations, a blanket for comfort and candles so I don't have to have the overhead light on, plus pleasant scents are calming and can be used for grounding purposes. The more you know. <laughs> Anyways, um, after a couple of establishing sessions, I got really into the groove of things and was doing a Meditation specifically geared towards taking in every inch of your body and then dismissing it all so you can move past it. I was mentally checking the boxes, moving from my toes to my chest, down my arms to the tip of my head, and my brain kept coming back to this one specific spot on my left arm that I could not stop thinking about. Every time I'd be just ready to move on to the next part of my meditation and a tickling sensation would snap me out of my concentration and I'd have to refocus. It almost kind of felt like uh, the feeling when your phone vibrates at the opposite end of your bed underneath a couple blankets and you almost don't realize what's happening. Never went away, but I finally got to a place where I could ignore it. And that only lasted for maybe five minutes, and then my brain wandered to contemplating why it was happening. The problem is, now I, I can't stop thinking about it. Realistically, it's probably not itching as much as I think about it, and I'm just convincing myself that it is, but like, is... That even possible? Anyways, um, I keep examining the spot and I can't believe I never noticed it before considering I literally got a tattoo right there, but there's an almost imperceivable indent near where the itch is originating from. It's like maybe half a centimeter long, but compared to the rest of the area covered by tattoo, it has to have been there to... I don't know. At least before I got the tattoo. Is this connected? Or am I just trying to force coincidences where there aren't any? God, I really need to get out of the house for a bit.
maybe I'll go on a walk tomorrow or something. Hey, um, I know it's been a while. I really have no idea if anyone's watching these, but I have not been having a great time. Being cooped up for like five months now with no interactions with the outside world has not been great for my mental health. My friend and his fiance did a slow drive-by to wave at me the other day, but that was only for a moment or two. I've been sleeping for days at a time, and I can't remember the last time I ate a full meal that wasn't just a couple of handfuls of cheese crackers from the bag on my bedside table. Really, sleep is my current attempt at escaping the now incessant itch that is just barely teetering on the edge of painful. I have yet to find anything distracting enough to not make it populate my every thought. Um, I'm not proud to admit it, but once it started to get unbearable, I just turned to drinking. A lot. All of the time. And when that wasn't enough, um, I started to also take edibles and drink at the same time. Uh, time was already anomalous before that, but um, <laughs> I really could not tell you how long this lasted. All I know is that according to the many, many emails in my inbox, I am no longer allowed on basically any dating website you can name. <laughs> on one hand, I definitely was not thinking about my arm, but uh, apparently I wasn't thinking period. After that, um, I just kind of let myself scratch at it with almost an reckless abandon, and that's when I realized it was one of those unreachable itches that's like in the middle of your arm, and no matter where you try to reach it from, it's never the right spot. Admittedly, I stayed in that phase for way longer than I should have, um, uh, the bandages still have to be changed out fairly frequently. For a couple weeks after that, I got really into aggressively exercising. Like, I would run until it felt like my legs were going to snap in two, and then I'd run past that for at least another 20 minutes. And no matter how much, my legs were on fire and my muscles burned and my lungs wanted to just burst. And the point I'm trying to make is all I could focus on was um, how much my arm bothered me. Sleep was working for a while, but uh, it's gotten to the point where I am now dreaming about the itch. Well... Dreaming isn't completely correct. It's really turned into extremely vivid nightmares that at times are hard to distinguish from reality. The only real reason I know they haven't happened is because I still have an arm and uh, no cops have knocked down my door after a neighbor heard me screaming as I cut through my muscles and eventually the bone. I don't think I can continue like this. What do I do? Jesus fucking Christ! My fucking insurance was cancelled and I just wanna fucking scream! They said it was gonna stay active during this temporary leave, but obviously they fucking lied! Now what am I gonna do? It's $400 just to see the doctor, and that doesn't even include whatever tests they end up ordering. I should have been a fucking doctor, so then I could just scam the poor out of their fucking money whenever they're at their lowest point. Ah! <clears throat> Hi. I'm back. So... 
obviously I have not been able to see anybody about this unrelenting crawling sensation in my fucking arm. I don't even know how to describe it because it's gone way past just itching. At this point, <laughs> I think I'm just about to open this shit up and get a closer look at exactly what is happening because this is bullshit. I know this isn't a good idea, and honestly, it might be the edibles talking, but I just feel like if I look at it, whatever it is, maybe it'll go away or something. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna go smoke and brainstorm some ideas. I'll check back in a little bit. Oh, fuck. Okay, so... <clears throat> I forgot to hit record, but I started, and honest to God, I think there might actually be something in my arm. <sighs> Whatever that guy gave me is really helping, because I do not feel a thing. Is that wrong? Yeah. Yes, see, R right there, there's something, like, in the bone. Jesus, fuck, what is that thing? Shit! Whatever it is, I, I think I just broke it. Wait, did you guys hear that? Who the fuck is at my door? Hello? Go away! I don't know if you guys can see this, but... Kind of looks like a SIM card or something. Hello. We wanted to take this time in the middle of the episode to let you all know about our future plans for selective dissonance. We are happy to announce that in October of 2022, we will be launching Selective Dissonance Season 2. November 2nd, our Season 2 Indiegogo campaign will be launching with some great ways to support the show and get prizes and merch. We would also like to thank our writers, actors, and production team from this season for helping this project get off the ground and move forward. Lastly, we would like to A. Suggest listening to the next episodes with headphones on to experience from the left holy, and B. Give out a content warning for the rest of this episode. The following stories are more graphic and contain possibly triggering sound effects. Please proceed with caution. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Is this thing on? <laughs> My audio technician classmates would absolutely hate that if they heard this. <laughs> I thought they will. I don't know why I started recording. To tell my story, or... Because I feel like things are off, or... Maybe... Even if someone finds this one day, they'll know what happened. I don't really know yet. I just know that I can't keep these feelings to myself anymore, and I just... I felt like I needed to share. Even if I'm only sharing with my phone's voice recorder. To start off, I guess I'll say hi, I'm Abby. I guess you knew that already. Currently in my junior year of high school. And high school is just about as terrible as everyone said it would be. I've been watching so many TV shows and movies of the high school experience. And I have to wonder if all that's just made up or if I'm living my life completely wrong. For one thing, no one I know drinks, or does drugs, or even has parties. Maybe I've just never been invited, but the craziest thing I've ever done is skip class to go to Taco Bell with my castmates in Drama 1. Real party animal, am I right? <laughs> okay, I should probably skip ahead to the good stuff. Bad stuff? It depends on who you ask. I live with a monster. Ugh. 
I'm afraid monster sounds too cartoonish for the literal hell the house has become. I'm recording this in my car as we speak. I'm too scared to go inside. The minute I walk in, I can feel the thickness in the air. The smoky fog fills my lungs and makes it hard to breathe. I spend as little time as possible in shared living spaces and head straight to my room and shut the door. Being closed off in my room doesn't even make me feel safe enough. I can still hear footsteps walking on the hardwood, slowly. I know exactly who those steps belong to. Each creak of the floorboard fills my body with fear. I hold my breath waiting to see if he stops in front of my door. The creaking stops. There's nothing but quiet. I hear the bathroom door open and shut close. I'm safe for now. I can't tell you how many times this occurs in a day. Every time I hear footsteps start down the hallway, my entire body shuts down. It's astounding how one noise can produce so much fear. I think that's about as much as I can muster today. I'll try to give more details if I can. The front window curtain just opened, meaning he knows I'm here. I have to go in because I don't want to look suspicious. I should make this look like a phone call. <laughs> Thanks. I'll see you later. Bye. I said before that high school was bad, but honestly, I'd rather spend my entire day in that lonely prison than go back home to that house. It's almost 9pm now? Play rehearsal just finished. Once it's over, the whole cast slowly makes their way out to their cars and Sometimes spend hours in the parking lot just talking. I try to join in if I can. I notice uh, a lot of people don't really include me. I don't blame them though. I look desperate all the time and the truth is it's because I am. I am desperate. I'm desperate for friends. Desperate for any of them to invite me over to their house to hang out with everybody else. Because it's just that much more time away from my own home. Desperation reeks, however, prohibiting anyone from actually wanting me there. So I just try to hang around as long as possible before they inevitably get into their cars and head home. I don't want a friend just as a distraction. I want a friend because of how lonely it all is. When your house doesn't even feel like a home it's emptiness takes a toll. I want a friend because I, I thought that maybe they could bring happiness back into my life. 
I sound like I'm being dramatic, but I... I can't even remember the last time I was happy. Ever since he appeared, I feel like I'm drifting further and further away. From happiness, from life, from all of it. <sighs> See that everyone has gone home now. And I am the last one left in the parking lot, as usual. <laughs> I can't stay for too long, though, or he'll know that I'm hiding. I ran. I just, I just fucking ran as far away as I could. Please, don't let this be it. It can't be it. Oh my god. What was that? I just, there was, there was so much blood everywhere. Spray painted on the floors, the walls, there were Scratch marks? What the fuck were those? I always... I always hate coming home, but I never expected this. I, I walked in and it felt different. I knew something was up. Oh my, oh my god. Mom? Was that? Mom? Was she home? Oh my god. <laughs> stop. No, I have to. I, I have to keep going somewhere. Anywhere. The, the cops. Police. I, I, I have to try. They think I'm crazy. And why wouldn't they when the monster is one of their own? That's right. I saw his picture on the fucking wall. I can't believe it. I... I'm truly out of options. I don't know what to do. No one will believe me. I can't go back there. I can't. What if she's, what if she's still alive? I, I have to go save her. Why didn't I do that sooner? I'm so stupid. What if it's too late?
I'm turning this on again, just in case. It, it smells. Oh. oh my god. What is that smell? Mom? Mom, where are you? My name is Abigail. Everything you have previously heard is fabricated. I am in no danger. My mom is taking an extended vacation to a tropical resort in Florida, one that is necessarily earned if you ask me. I am a high school teenage theater student, so I tend to have an overactive imagination. I retract all previous statements and apologize for any harm I may have brought to you upon hearing these recordings. This will be my last and final recording. Goodbye.
Name and birth date. Maya Diggory, July 7th, 1997, at Our Mother of Grace Hospital in Pittsburgh, Ohio. So you are 24? Yes. Okay, it looks like you're all set for your bilateral self-injectomy tomorrow morning. Any last questions? No, I'm super excited. I can't wait. I can't believe I'm finally getting sterilized. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. It means the world to me. Yes, we are very happy to accommodate our patients' wishes here. Good morning! Are you ready for your surgery today? Yes. Are we going now? Yep, we're going to anesthesia right now. Okay, you're going to start feeling drowsy, and when you wake up, it'll be all done. It sure is a shame. She's so young. You'd think she might want to have kids in the future, you know? Maya! How are you feeling? God, these stitches hurt. Way more than I thought they would. (laughs) Oh, they do that sometimes. It just means everything went super well. Uh, Great. Is my mom here by any chance? Uh, She was supposed to be here today for my discharge. Yeah, she's in the waiting room. I'll let her know you are awake. The doctor will be here tomorrow morning with your discharge. Okay, that was the last signature. Feel free to call if you have any questions or concerns, and thank you again for choosing us to perform this very important procedure. Thank you so much. Everything hurts so much less than I thought it would. This stitchy, itchy, itchy, stitchy, itchy, itchy, stitchy, itchy, stitchy. I have to quit itching. Jeez, I can't believe I made myself bleed again. Fuck. Well, at least it's worth it. So worth it. All of this pain and money and this goddamn itching. It'll be worth it. I'm so lucky. Like, it's so wild that I found a doctor willing to do this for me. Like he said, I'm so young, and I could have changed my mind. So it's wild that he did it. Come on, Eloise. That doesn't happen to real people. Doctors can't do that. I don't know, it just might be better if you're more careful. Okay, just send me your article, I'll read it, but doctors can't just fake surgeries. It's not something that happens. Anyway, are you doing that stuff with that fucking creep? I mean, he deserved to be run over, he was a fucking monster, like, what a fucking creep. So, how have your post-op symptoms been? Have you been experiencing abdominal swelling, tenderness, or redness? No, actually, now that you mention it, the only pain I have is in the incisions and irritation with the stitching. I'll still be getting that removed next week, correct? I know he did mine, though. (laughs) Why else would it be so fucking painful, and why would there even be stitches? (laughs) Gods, Eloise, you have me worried for nothing. (laughs) He only said I'm young. Not that he was going to sabotage my surgery. That would be unethical, anyway. (laughs) I couldn't have heard him right, though. Like, there's no way he said that before I fell asleep. What kind of doctor would even say that about a patient? Of course I'm young. Why would I wait when I've always wanted this? (laughs) There's no way. That's just stupid. These stitches wouldn't bleed if they were fake. Like, they just wouldn't. (laughs) I could just... I could could pull this one and just look. I can just pull this stitch out. I, I need a knife, I think. There, I... I just have to cut this and then I can see that it goes in. I can just look in the mirror and I'll be able to see if it's a real incision and that they actually did it. I can't see enough. Maybe I just, 
I just have to, I just have to make it bigger. I just need to make it bigger and then I'll see. fucking see I know he didn't do it why else would he say that of course of course it was fucking fake fine I'll just do it my fucking self watch me just fucking watch me I just I just have to reach in there Fucking young, I'll show you. I'll get this done the right way. same Maya I was supposed to see today for removal of her stitches? What happened? She what? From all of us on the Dissonance team, we thank you for listening. Today's episodes in order included Mirror Mirror, written by Sandra Walsh and featuring Lauren Moore as Jamie and Jared Machado as Reflection. The Walls Are Blue, written by Lee Silwa and featuring Lee Silwa and Bree Myers. Binary Bones, written and performed by Shakendra Morgan. The Creaking of the Floorboards, written and performed by Becca Schuster. From the Left by Lee Silwa. And finally, Still There, written by Lee Silwa and featuring Lee Silwa and Brie Myers. Next month, we will begin our era of Rue with And Then They Came. If you are interested in supporting Selective Dissonance, please follow us, leave a review, and share us with your friends. You can also head to our link tree in the show notes and check out our various support options, including our Indiegogo link. Our amazing intro and outro was composed by Morific. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Selective Dissonance can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Can you hear us? Excellent.